Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles. I am Donnie, your host, and with me is a man who has a dead battery he's given away free of charge. <laughs> it's Dale. That's right, Donnie. What's going on, bud? Oh, not too much, man. Not too much, but I got your battery. Are you positive? I'm positive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn right. How's it going today? Hey, man, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Good, wonderful. good. What we got going on? Well, I think we have a little a special treat today. We got a, if everybody remembers a couple couple weeks ago when we did uh, Pee Wee Gasson two-parter, at the end of that, there was a little thing that went on in the prison where uh, where he pulled uh, the C4 in there and then actually killed the guy in prison, which actually got him executed. Well, that guy's name was uh, Rudolph Tyner. And uh, after we did that episode, we had a guy reach out to us and said that he actually knew some of those folks. He knew the people that uh, Rudolph had killed to put himself in prison. He had a little insider stuff on that, and he knew them. And uh, we just want to call him up today and see what he knows. Sounds good. I think it would be a pretty cool show. It's some like, you know, insider from somebody that was there. He was actually a family friend yeah. of the family that Rudolph Tyner had murdered. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So I think it's kind of cool, you know, just to have somebody reach out and want to jump on board and ride with us for a little while. Yeah, and this guy's name that we're going to interview today, his name is uh, Benjamin Richardson. Yep. He is from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. Dirty Myrtle. Dirty Myrtle. <laughs> and he is very acquainted with Pee Wee Gaskins, Rudolph Tyner, and the Moon family hmm. that was murdered by Rudolph Tyner. Oh, shit. Benjamin, welcome to the show. How you doing? We're doing good, man. How are you? Not bad. Just sitting here on the patio talking to you. Yeah, got a little bit of wine. Oh. I ain't got no cold Budweiser. <laughs> we got you. We got you covered on that end. Oh, yeah. We got it, but We got some Budweiser up here. <clears throat> All right, Ben, let's, uh, let's talk about how, how do you know the Moon family and Tony Simo and those people? Like I said, I was, I, was, I was young. Back when this murder happened, or murders, um, I was only 17 years old. You know, right now, I'm 59. Uh-huh. So it's something that, you know, when I grew up, I mean, we used to have a barbecue at the moons every year um, after Labor Day. Yeah. When everybody slows down, they'd have a barbecue and music. and I mean, it'd be like probably, I don't know, probably 200 people there. Oh, wow. You know, they had the banjo, the Martin guitar, and the chestnut mandolin. Sounds like a good on. time, yeah. Just a picking and a grinning, yeah, huh? You know, it's a regular old party. That's right. Okay. Um, they were good people. Yeah. Now, Tony... Real good people. Tony Simo, he was uh, Myrtle's son by a previous marriage, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. I mean, she had been married before, and... Like I say, she married Bill Moon, which he was retired from the uh, Air Force, yeah. from Myrtle Beach Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, like I say, they um, a lot of people make that their last duty station, <laughs> and they would retire in Surfside, Myrtle Beach, Merle's Inlet. I mean, that's really how Surfside got started is because Air Force people bought down there. It was cheap. Yeah. Yeah, I really can't blame I mean, them to, to end down there and go ahead and retire at the beach. It sounds like a good plan. 
Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, like, um, you ever heard of Mickey Spillane? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mike Hammer. Mike Hammer. <laughs> Mike Hammer, yeah. All right, Mike Hammer. Yeah. Uh, Mentalite All-Stars. Yep. Uh, Mickey Spillane <laughs> retired down there. He lived in Merle's Inn. Yeah. I mean, when I was in the, when I, I got out of the first grade, just, this is a side note, but uh, Mickey Spillane, I remember he, when I was out, I rode with my father. My father was in the beer business. You know, the beer truck. Right. So we walked in Key Largo. There's a store in Merle's Inlet. And Mickey Spillane was in there. He found out, well, I graduated from the first grade. He gave me a silver dollar. Oh, wow. And oh. I still got it. That's cool, man. Now, now tell us about the the Moon family. They had a store down there. They had a little mom and pop store down there. What it was, was called the It was called the Moon Store. That's very M O O N S T O R E, right across the street from the house. That was creative. Moon Store. <laughs> that was on. Yeah, that was on. Uh, that's on seven oh seven. That's between uh, Sockus T. And Myrtle's Inlet. Yeah. Now, back then, there used to be nothing on that road. That's probably the only store down there. Yeah, I'm sure. But now, it's four, four lanes and, you know, it's golf courses and houses. And, and there's a new store there. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, Collins Creek Store. Right where right where the Moon Store sat, if it, anybody, you know... You can ride by there. It's called Collins Creek Store. Hmm. Same store, same building. Well, no, it's been uh, you know they tore it down and built a brand new one. Okay, same spot right. now. You, you know, like you pull a tractor trailer in there and get gas. Oh, okay. So they modernized yeah. it a little bit then. Yeah, you can get uh potato wedges and fried chicken. Oh man, now you're talking. That's right. That's right. Bull and peanuts. bull peanuts. Bull peanuts. They can have them things. You can have them all. Oh, man, I, I'll, eat, I'll eat yours. <laughs> yeah. You can have my box of bull peanuts. Them things mush in your mouth. Yeah. Not a fan. You have to know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> we still love you, man. Yeah. All right. Now, on March the 18th of 1978, tell us about that. Rudolph Tyner. Well, that's the day when he, you know, he robbed the store mm-hmm. with a shotgun. Um, it was March 18th. I believe it was in the afternoon about, tw- about 7 o'clock is what I remember. I, I don't know about the time, but I know it was March the 18th. I think they had just closed up shop. Yeah, they were getting ready to go home and probably eat, eat bull peanuts. Right <laughs> now, now, did they have but, some uh, history before all this happened? Do what? Did they have some history between each other before all this happened, or is this just a chance robbery? You talking about Tyner? Yes, yeah. yes, sir. Between the like, t- Tyner and the Moon family, there was a guy that was with him that was named Carlton Davis. I guess he was the getaway driver. Okay, he was in the car. He was driving the car. Rudolph went in with his shotgun. <clears throat> and uh, you know, basically went right there. I mean, asked Amanda he wanted his money. 
And Bill Moon says, no, you ain't getting the money. And uh, I believe his wife's murder, Myrtle spoke up first, and she said something to him. He shot her first, oh, then killed Bill, and he walked out of there with $200. Over $200. Over $200. I mean, you know, people <laughs> rob you these days for um, $20. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell us about Tyner. Where is he from originally? Harlem, New York. So he's a... That's where he grew up. Okay. What brought him... Do you know what brought him down this way? I don't know. He ended up... He was staying with Carlton Davis. Mm -hmm. The guy, like I say, his uh, getaway driver. He only stayed a mile away. Okay. Um, He was a... But the thing is, he... Carlton himself had robbed a guy by the name of uh, Jack Singleton. That was back in October of 77. It was, what, the 21st October. Okay. 21st October, 1977, he robbed Jack Singleton. Um, He got four guns, like a 22, a Browning shotgun, um, let me see, a double barrel and another shotgun, a TV and a couple pieces of jewelry. Okay. But they charged him in January. Um, let me see. January the 20th, they charged him, you know, get a arrest warrant for breaking and entering. Housebreaking, grand larceny. That was in January. That was three months after the after he robbed it. Right. But I guess he probably, you know, somebody talked or he talked and it got around. Somehow, they found that it was him. But I believe it's not for sure. But one of those guns that he robbed from there is the one that killed the moon mm. okay now did the uh, the moons did they have any kind of conflicts with tyner before this murder did they did he ever no, i don't i don't think they'd ever seen him before okay i didn't have no nothing whatsoever right so basically I mean, he just I went, don't think basically he just went in to rob him and he he wasn't leaving without the money yeah. and he just, if he shot him he had to shoot him that's right okay I mean, he was I mean, they say back in, I don't know if they had crack back then, they said they was doing uh, cocaine. Right. Um, Very possible. That was in the, yeah, in the court, you know, they did, they spoke in a little reefer and probably doing some cocaine and said, well, we need, we need a little more money, so we're going to go rob this store and, you know, get us some cocaine money. What kind of IQ did Tyner have? Do you know? Yeah, they said he, uh, right before the trial, they sent him to the, um, to Columbia. I guess it was, uh, up there on Farrow Road. That's where they send you most of the time. Mm-hmm. I forget, I forget the name. But it's, you know, it's, uh, Department of Health and Environmental Control, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
they um the doctor went up there and uh, gave him a uh, you know he spends like a week or whatever usually you know before you go to trial see if you sane like a psychological exam or something yeah psychological you know it says but it says right here it says he's not mentally ill hmm. okay and um. He said he had a his IQ was sixty five. Well, that's he's about as smart as a but, cardboard box, in right? I mean, you know, below I believe below seventy five. You know what? You know what's happening? I guess. I mean, this is a quick trial. I mean, really, from the time it was committed till the time he got his sentence, it was only like seven months. Mm-hmm. And um. Back then, it was, um, there was a guy, the, they call it solicitor in South Carolina. It's like a, what, a district attorney? Yeah, they called him a solicitor back and, then, yeah. Well, it's that now. Okay. You're a solicitor. My cousin is a solicitor for Ole County right now. Okay. But back then, it was a guy by the name of Jim Dunn. And this is like a guy, he was like Perry Mason and Matt Long, if you could put those two together. Well, that's pretty awesome, man. <laughs> but he, I remember he wore the same suit. It was not in the new suit. I mean, not the, not the same suit, <laughs> but he wore a same black suit every time he went to court. And he got him. From the Goldfinch Funeral Home. Well, how crazy That's is that? That's where he'd buy his suit. Oh, wow. He bought them from the funeral home. So I guess the ones he bought from now the funeral had, home, they had a back in them, though, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm starting to say. They had the back in them. <laughs> but old Jim Dunn, you know, he was like old Southern kind of lawyer, you know. He had a, he had a, a work, uh, he had a good, he was a good orator. Yeah. He, he could speak. He was a storyteller, he wasn't fight. he? Yeah, man. He could he could tell you a story, but he would draw you into it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I mean, he wore, he had some black cowboy boots, and I guess he didn't have, he probably had more than one, but he wore black cowboy boots and that black funeral home suit. Like Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, was, that was probably, yeah, probably intimidating, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. But he was a prosecutor, hmm. you know? Yeah. And I don't believe he ever lost a case. Really and truly, I don't think he ever lost a case. Now, tell us about Rudolph Tyner. When, um, he admitted to the the Moon family murders, though, right? He, he admitted to yeah, that. Yeah, he admitted on the indictment. Yeah. Um, but he never spoke during the, during the whole trial. I mean, he would. He didn't say, you know, like at the end of the trial, you got anything to say? He'd say, nope, I ain't got nothing to say. Hmm. The lawyers was doing all the talking. Yeah. I mean, he had two lawyers. One was Richard Booth and Eldridge Inman. Hmm. Um, but they did all the speaking. Them and Jim Dunn um, was the only ones that really spoke, you know. And Tony Simo, you know, he was there. But he's the one that found the body. Yeah, he was. 
He went in and saw his mom and dad murdered. Yeah. His sister called him and said, go to the store. Something's happening at the store. And like I said, it's right across the street from him. He was a bricklayer. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, I knew he was, uh, he was a brick mason. He was a, yeah, he was a brick mason. Mm-hmm. But um, he, um, I mean, he was a, I mean, he was kind of tough dude. I mean, really, you know, he was nice, but you didn't want to, you didn't want to mess with him. Right. Just well, like anybody else. I mean, you kill my mom and daddy. You know. You got something to, you got something to look forward to because you ain't gonna get just away. Right. Yeah. They gonna be I mean, pay, they gonna be payback. Yeah. So he's pretty yeah, pretty I mean, vindictive fella. Seems like. <clears throat> I mean, it, All right, I mean, he went to court. He went to court in July twenty eighth, nineteen seventy eight, and October twentieth, twenty first. He was uh you know, they didn't sign his uh, death penalty. Yeah, so they handed. I mean, that was the They handed down the death penalty to uh, Rudolph Tyner, then, right? Yeah, they. I mean, they gave him the. Uh, yeah, they gave him the. Uh, I mean, as soon as they were started going in, mm-hmm. before they went to court, I mean, they were going to seek the death penalty on him and Carlton Davis. Mm-hmm. But see, Carlton Davis didn't get the death penalty. He, he got just, 30 years. He was just an accessory, right? Yeah, he was sitting in the car. Yeah. But he still he still got, you know, conspiracy to commit all the robbery. And uh, what else was it? It was criminal, criminal conspiracy and armed robbery. That's what he got. He got 30 years. Okay. Five years for the conspiracy. And twenty five for the armed robbery. And they sentenced to uh, they sentenced Rudolph Tyner to uh, the state penitentiary in Columbia, didn't they? Yeah, the old CCI on number twelve, right? You know, it, it's still there. It's a museum, whatever. Now, last time I was there, I'm sure it ain't gone nowhere. Mm-hmm. But that's on the Congaree River. But you know, that place has been there since the um, since uh, the Civil War. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's where he went. All right, let's talk about Tony. Let's talk about Tony Simo for just a little bit. He, uh, Tony, took this pretty hard, didn't he? Oh yeah. Well, you imagine. I mean, he said, "I'm, I believe it's in court." Something. I, I went to the trial one day. I believe it's on Friday. Mm-hmm. I cut I cut school after lunch and went over there. And I believe that's where I heard it from was that time. He said he could he checked his mama's folks. You know, she didn't have no folks. But he said you could have he could have stuck his hand in her chest where that shotgun went through her. Wow. So He took it hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would. I mean, that's your mama. Right? Oh, absolutely, mama. absolutely. Okay. And Tony, he was he was pretty much out for vengeance. He, you know, even though Rudolph Tyner got the death penalty and he was going to be executed for his crimes, 
you know, he was going to sit on death row for years probably, and Tony didn't want that, did he? Well, I mean, back then, see, they'd cut the death penalty off. Yeah. For like 10, 10, 12 years. That's why he went, he went to find somebody to go kill him or find out if he could. Yeah. He went down to, went down to Merle's Inlet. I mean, I don't know where it was. I know about where it's at. I know, you know, where he went to. It was a bar. But when found somebody that had been in jail at CCI, and he told him he'd check it out. And, you know, I mean, he paid um, Pee Wee Gaskin roundabout to kill him. I mean, he tried to uh, poison him at one time. He said, you couldn't kill him. Yeah, he was... He uh, tried to poison him, he wouldn't die. He was sending poison over out of the prison to give to Pee Wee to, to try to poison him. Well, I don't, I don't know if he sent the poison. Um, You could probably get that bite anywhere. I mean, you can get rat poison about anywhere. Strychnine or arsenic, whatever. But anyway, that's what he tried. They but, said uh, they said everything I heard. They the when he gave him the poison, they just give him a tummy ache or a belly ache, and he just they thought it was just food poisoning yeah. from the from the cafeteria there at the prison. Yeah, probably was. Probably what they claimed. I mean, really. I mean, you got to do that over time. I've read it, but you know, people's tried to poison people and stuff like that. They don't die just. I mean, it's like antifreeze. You just can't give somebody a, a tea glass full and think it's going to kill them. Right. It's like yeah, you do that over. Over time, over time. <clears throat> it was like when uh, on the Velma Barfield case. That's what it was. You know, she would give it to him a little bit yeah. at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. But uh, they did at at the end of it. This is what got me. I mean, is it getting C four into the prison? I mean, you can get. I mean, I don't know about now. I'm sure it is, but you know, you can get. You know drugs into prison oh absolutely you get drugs easier in prison than you can on the street mm-hmm. so i mean i'm sure it's some kind of you know some bard or whatever he got paid off as a look here take this c4 in there and uh give it to peewee <laughs> and yep. he rigged up a I went, I'm going to take it this first. Okay. I went to the prison. This was back in 19, I'd say about 88, 89. This is after he had killed him. Mm-hmm. After he killed Rudolph. But my wife's uncle was a guard, or he worked in central control. That's where he opened the cells and the doors. You know what I mean? They got yeah. television screens. But he said, come on up here. You can go on tour on Wednesday night. So I went up there Wednesday night. He said, don't wear no blue jeans. I remember he told me that. Don't wear blue jeans. So I go in there. I mean, just like I'd left work. You know, had a jacket, tie. Um, you know, dressed up. Yeah. So we walked in the whole prison. And I told him, he took me to 
they called it Sparky, the electric chair in South Carolina Ooh. is called Sparky. And I went in there. I mean, that's a big room. They got the seats in there for people to watch, but they fry you right, you know, in that little, uh, it's an oak chair. Fry you like so, a piece of bacon. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't hooked up or whatever. I sat in it. Oh, wow. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that thing had been there since like 1890-something. Um, It had a, there's a pile of people done died in that mm-hmm. But anyway, we left out of there and walked through the death road. He showed me the cell where Rudolph China was. And they'd already fixed it up, you know. Right. It, it blown it all to pieces. You know, blown the wall down, everything. But they fixed it up, repainted and all that stuff. And we walked down to, I mean, there's like, I don't know how many it was. I'd say at least probably 10 or 12 people in there on death row. And one of them was Pee Wee Gasket. I remember, this ain't no lie, son. When I walked by with that guard, L. Hicks was his name. Mm-hmm. Like I say, my wife's uncle. He said, he said, are you the new warden? <laughs> I said, no, I was just checking out your chair. And that's what I did. It was right down the hallway from where he was sitting. You know, oh. you're on death row. You ain't far from it. Oh, wow. That's funny. But I'm making a joke, you know, I'm. I ain't, I, he's behind them bars. He can't do nothing. But, <laughs> right. You know, he, he, he'd already had a lot done more than more to him than I had done to me. Yeah. Like I say, your, your, you know, your last story, for him, that man had a rough life. But he didn't care. He right. didn't care. Nope. But he would joke and trick and whatever he could do, I would think. I mean, just. He was conniving, conniving man, son. Mm-hmm. But it weren't much longer. I believe it was like about three years after that. He got here. Yeah, they electrocuted Pee Wee. Oh, yeah. I mean, they got... I mean, he only got... I believe Rudolph Tyner was the ninth murder he did. He got charged for eight. And the ninth... Ninth murder, him killing Rudolph Tyner. I mean, he, he really, in a way, the South Carolina prisons, um, you know, him killing somebody in the prison, and the way he did it, I'm sure he made somebody look bad. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so let's go back. You was talking about and telling us that uh, you sure that probably some guard got paid off to uh, bring in some C4 and I know we all know what that is, but can you tell, like, the listeners, if they don't know, what, what exactly is C4? Oh, well, man, C4 is a plastic explosive. I right. mean, you can throw it like a baseball. It won't even blow up until you put a piece of dynamite, I mean, a uh, blasting cap in it. And that's how he did it. I don't know if, uh, I mean, they said it was a, he made like a two-way radio. Right, like a walkie-talkie type. It wasn't. <clears throat> yeah, no. Excuse me. so he could call Pee Wee, and if he needed drugs or needed whatever, you know, he could just, 
you know, call him on the radio. Right, because Pee Wee. But it would only go between between Pee Wee and Rudolph Tyner. Right, because Pee Wee had befriended him, right, and, and set him up, basically. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it happened the first day he gave him the radio. It had a plug on it. He said, don't plug it in till you get ready to talk to me. Yeah. If you when it when it was plugged in when the when the juice went to it, that's when it blew up. Mm. So he had packed all the C four inside this thing, right? Yeah, it was inside the radio. In the like I say, it didn't. He didn't even know it was there. Right. Now I don't know what it looked like. I guess you can't tell now. No. Just blown all the pieces. Right. But I mean. I don't know what it looked like or what it had, but he said that you had to you had to plug it in for it to go off. So Tony Simo and Pee Wee organized this together to to kill Tyner. Yeah, well, Pee. I mean, Tony never even saw Pee Wee. He was just talking That's to him on the phone. It. He just called him on yeah, the phone he in prison. Him on the, yeah, he talked to him on the phone. Uh huh. And I believe it was only one time that he talked to it. Uh-huh. But like I say, it was, you know, the guy that he talked to in the bar in Merle's Inlet fixed all this up, you know. Yeah. I believe the thing is, I believe he sent the money somewhere over there in Florence County where Pee Wee's family was from to his son or his daughter, something like that, and they got the money. Okay. So tell us about Tony Simo. What happened to Tony after this? Well, he said, what, two and a half years? He got two and a half years in CCI. Yeah. When it happened. How did they How did they discover it was uh, Tony Simo that was behind this? What? How did they find out? Oh, they figured it out, man. I mean, it had already been around that he'd, he'd said he wanted to kill him. Mm-hmm. He'd talked too much. You know what I mean? And the yeah. word got around, and that's how they got him. And I believe, too, it was a telephone call to the prison mm-hmm. that they knew. They traced the number back, and it was Tony Simo. And I believe it was at his house. That was before cell phones, you know? Yeah. You know, you had to call, you know, Bell South. <laughs> how, much, uh, how much prison time did Tony get for this? Two and a half years. Uh-huh. Okay. I mean, like I say, um, I believe that was in 84 when he went to prison. He went two, two, and, I believe it was two and a half years, or just say two years. But uh, it took till I believe 1984 is when he went to prison. So he is out in '86. Yeah, some of that was work release, he, wasn't it? Oh, he was on work release when he was in prison. Okay, that's what I was thinking. All that was conspiracy. You know, but you look at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many, you know, 
is there 12 people that's going to convict you of having a man killed that guilty and did it for killing your mom and dad? Right. You know what I mean? I got you. And he was in Old Reed County. You know, he went back to Old Reed County to Conway, South Carolina, Old Reed County Court, 15th District, and that's where his trial was. He, I'm sure he probably, I don't know. I mean, it was a big case back in that day. That was the biggest case you ever had, you know, as far as a murder. And somebody that knew him, knew the family, they knew all, they knew everything. Right, there was locals, yeah. Yeah, that's local. So, like I say, he got, like I say, two and a half years. I mean, yeah, that was that'd be bad. Don't get me wrong, but he did what he did. He always said, "I mean, I believe this is uh before he died." He said he don't believe that God will ha- be judge him for killing somebody that killed his mom and dad. Yeah. Now Tony Simo died of uh, some kind of overdose or something from a pain medication or something, didn't he? Well, that's what you say. I mean, I heard it was heart attack. Okay. I mean, he was only, he was 54 years old and died in 2001. Mm-hmm. I do know that. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah I saw where it said he had been in a serious boating accident or something. And then, uh, then, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you imagine, you know, laying brick all your life. You, your back hurt anyway. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? That's oh, a yeah. tough job. Been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I won't even take a Tylenol myself, but <laughs> I don't hurt. Right. <laughs> but um, you know, this that pain medication will get you. Yep. If you let it. Now, uh, Pee Wee Gaskins, he got the death penalty for killing Rudolph Tyner, didn't he? That's the only way that got him. Yep. Before that, he was just no, a... He got, Go ahead. I mean, he got the death penalty for, you know, eight murders, which he, they say, you know, there was 30-some murders that he confessed to. They say it's over 100. I mean, he's the baddest dude in the United States or probably in the world. I mean, you know, people go to war. Right. They don't even kill that many people. Yeah, that's true. But, um... Yeah, I mean, that's what got him to death penalty. Well, you know, he probably made the warden look pretty damn bad there when he bringing in explosives into the prison. He didn't really think that through, I don't guess. He thought he was untouchable, didn't he? I think so. Yep, they showed him. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, i tell you what, man. I ain't judging the man. I didn't know him. I've seen him one time. <laughs> but I tell you what, I wouldn't want to be in the room. <laughs> I, didn't want, I, I didn't want you to open that damn door up. No, no. <laughs> and let him out. No, you just tell your joke and go on about your business. <laughs> <laughs> but I know he, he, ain't get, he ain't coming to my house. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's I can a- talk trash all I want, but he's <laughs> on the other side of them bars. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Well, dang, Ben, that's that's 
I'm I'm glad we had you on the show and and to close out you know this this part of Pee Wee Gaskins' uh, tale and Tony Simo and Rudolph Tyner. A little inside inside baseball for exactly. Is there, is there anything else you want to tell us about Tony Simo or Rudolph Tyner that you hadn't told us? Well, well, Rudolph got his. I guarantee you that. Yeah. As soon as he plugged that radio in, that was that was him. He didn't know he why he got what him. he deserved. Yeah. He didn't know why he, he didn't. got. No, he didn't ever know. Uh-uh. But he's dead, and Pee Wee Gaskins is dead. Yep. But I hated the fact that uh, you know, it happened to the moons. Yeah, yeah. That's like awful. I say, Bill and Murdy, they were some good people. I mean, they would give you. I mean, I, I know. I don't know if it happens anymore. I mean, I know y'all boys. Y'all knew, or you do know. There's somebody that's got a store. Somebody walks in there, and they'd like to have a bag of rice and maybe a bag of beans. And I'd sure like to have them youngins a little, you know, some. Some chocolate chip cookies, but I ain't got no money. Yeah, he would give your, you know, he would give you whatever you want. He'd give you the share off his back, but he didn't give Rudolph Tyner nothing. Yeah, especially when you took a shotgun and in his store. Come in demanding, yeah, it's different. And yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's but diff- I hate for the fact that Tony, you know, had to. He had to handle all that stuff, you know, and and live his life only 54 when he died. But that your mom and daddy has been, you know, killed for $200. Yeah. And then he had to do what he had to do, what he thought he had to do. So, I don't know. Well. I mean... I tell you what, man. Like I say, you put yourself in his place. What would you do? Probably do the same thing, Ben. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was reading. Yeah, here. I did. I was reading yeah, here. There's like a 2001 pre- Associated Press report where Tony's sister had uh, said that uh, that Tony had told her that he he told me over and over. I think constantly of Tyner laughing while Mom and Daddy begged on their knees for their life. I did what I did, and that's it. So you know that guy, he, that's all he had on his mind. He, and he wasn't going to stop to it. He'd done what he thought was right, and that's what he did. Well, that's right. I mean, that's the way it is. I mean, it's eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, boy. That's mm-hmm. right. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean. All right, Ben. That's the way I was taught. Yep. Well, you ben, know? ben, we're going to get out of here, bud. We appreciate you being on the show today and and – filling us in on some of this Rudolph Tyner stuff and Pee Wee Gaskins and sort of closing that story out for us because that, that means a lot. And when you contacted me a, you know, a couple months ago about this, we, you know, we've been planning this for a little while and something we've been wanting to do, and I think it turned out great. Yeah, I really appreciate it, man. Well, I hope so, man. I mean, I'll tell you what. I do appreciate – I mean, I appreciate what y'all doing. Well, we'll thank you. All right, Dale, we want to thank Ben for being on the show today and giving us his thoughts. And yeah, that was pretty cool to get an insider view there. There was some stuff going on back then. Yeah, and it, it sort of closed out the, the Pee Wee Gaskins 
story and you know what happened with Rudolph Tyner and Tony Simo and that that little right. See what actually was the conflict going on there and what what uh, actually brought all that on. That was kind of neat. And ended up being uh, Pee Wee's death penalty. Yep. Yeah, so that's that's a pretty good little story. Give him a little ticket to old Sparky. That's right. <laughs> one, all right. One way right. All right, Dale. We're gonna get out of here. All right, bro. We want everyone to be safe. Be careful and always be aware of your surroundings. Because the next episode could be about you. This is the The Crack House Chronicles. Chronicles.